Amen. Once you've greeted someone, you may be seated. So good to see everyone at New Life today. And God bless you that are online joining with us, taking advantage of technology while you're on vacation. Amen. God is good. Summertime, is it cold enough outside for everybody? We try to turn the heat on in here so that you don't get too cold while you're here. Amen. We don't want nobody to go to sleep. Make sure it's chilly enough in here that you stay awake. Amen. The fire of God is ready to fall on anyone whosoever will. Anybody need a new touch from heaven today? Amen. The spirit and fire is still impacting lives like it did 2,000 years ago. At New Life Fellowship, we want you to know, guests, that we do believe in leading people to experience freedom in a newfound relationship with Jesus Christ. First and most important part of you being effective in your world and enjoying the peace of God is to experience Jesus Christ and the freedom that comes with that experience because out of that experience that comes with joy, you're able to build healthy relationships. Now, I like being around people. I like people. Amen. I love people. Sometimes people challenge that. But the Lord is good and he's helped me learn how to take advantage of these opportunities when the challenges come. Amen. Without God, we can do nothing. But with him, that means that relationship that you said can't work. Just pausing for effect. Don't need to say amen. But it might be good if you say yes, Lord. That relationship that looks like it's not possible is ever going to work. What's the Lord saying about that? I know the enemy's saying a lot about it. And he'll come and He'll tell you all kinds of stuff with scriptures that back up your way of thinking about it's not possible for this relationship to work. But I've come to encourage you today, amen, we're going to talk about Credible Witnesses Part 2. Credible Witnesses Part 2. There'll be a Part 3 too, he let me know this week as I was getting my downloads. God is looking for a witness. Jesus needs a witness. He has limited himself to finishing what he started, he needs representative. He needs a vessel. He needs an instrument of love. And he chose by way of relationship with us, amen, to bring his glory into the earth. The kingdom has come. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Anybody, amen, walking in the Spirit? When you walk in the Spirit, you're able to win, have victory. Amen. Have dominion over the flesh. As you hear me say often, every morning, I look at the guy in the mirror, and I have to make a decision. Amen? I'm made up of spirit, soul, and body. I have to make a decision. That old guy in the mirror must be in the grave so that the Lord can reign. Now, there's times I like that guy in the mirror. And I want to pet that guy in the mirror. And I want to make that guy feel good in the mirror. But I found out that never works out anything good for me. But when I choose, amen, to, to lean 
not on my own understanding, the guy in the mirror, but rather on the Lord, amen, testimonies come. Wonderful things begin to show up, and I'm able to carry the fruit of the Holy Spirit with me. Amen. I've carried some bad fruit before, by the way, so that's why I have stories I can tell you, spooky stories, challenging things. It's, amen, I encourage you to let you know that the Lord, if he can help me out of the ditch, he can help you. God loves us. Amen. So experiencing Jesus Christ is not just going to a building where you hear a man, a lesson taught out of the Bible and you confess the Lord at that time. That's that, that, that I'm not speaking against that. I'm just saying, if that's what you've experienced up to this point, God has more for you. And I think anybody that has come to a place where they've went to church long enough, finally they get weird and tired and they want to be the church. Amen? And they want to experience God on a new level because when you experience God on the right level, amen, the evidence of the fruit of God in your life will show up. I, I, I uh, put down a scripture early this morning in John 4, 23. I want to read you a few scriptures, amen, out of the, the word, the Bible, and this one is in, in John 4, 23, I'm using the um, Passion Translation, kind of enhances what the King James would tell us. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with a right heart. Amen. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him. In the realm of the spirit and in truth. Amen. King James talks about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And this worshiper in the actual meaning in the Hebrew uses the term, it's like the dog licking its master's hand. Amen. I'm saying that, that, that dog adores his master. Amen. Anybody own... A puppy, a dog, anybody on? Jack has a champion named Monster. And yeah, champion American pit, American bull, bull, a bully, Monster, awesome. If you hadn't seen it, you want to see his pictures of Monster. Anyway, Jack said something yesterday about Monster that, you know, his... The way he responds is based on him in relationship with Monster. That uh, Monster is awesome because Monster really don't know all the trophies he's got. He's got a bunch of trophies. He's a champion. But he's not aware of all that stuff. All he's aware of is he adores his master. And he's out to please his master. And, and in pleasing his master in that relationship is like that, is attractive to the public, and it's made Monster a champion. Anybody want to be a champion for Jesus? I'm just telling you, the Lord says you're champions. Amen? And all things are possible to them that believe. And so he's seeking out true worshipers, amen, that adore him, that trust him, that don't lean to their own understanding, amen, I remember coming home uh, uh, when we lived in Stone Oak, and we, uh, my, my dog, Freckles, 
Called in freckles because my wife has freckles. I think her freckles are all awesome. So I named my dog Freckles. Yeah. And uh, every time I drove up, he was sitting out there waiting on me. And all he needed from me was just a pet on the head. And that just, you could tell he just went all over him just because I pet him on the head. Ah, oh, and, and, and me and him had a relationship. Now, Pastor Lord, are you calling us dogs? <laughs> the Lord is, he loves his creation. He loves everything that he's created. He, he, the sparrow, he knows every sparrow that falls. How much more does he care for you. Amen. He is into you and I, and he's invested everything. He gave it all so that you could be happy today. And so that being said, I uh, want to read you something here today in, in, in John 21, 11 through 3, because the subtitle of Credible witnesses is this, keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Amen. If we miss out on the main thing, and God has already revealed the main thing to us, if we don't pay attention to that, we're going to miss out on something we all enjoy. And we all enjoy peace, don't we? Everybody wants peace. The world wants peace. And for us to experience the kind of peace that God has for you and I, even when there's trouble all around us, we need the Prince of Peace, amen, in lead in our life. It says it this way in John 21, 11. Uh, and, and, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm not reading, I'm not going to read from John 21. I'm just going to give you and then go with the Galatians 5 here in just a second. But I, I need to let you know in John 21, Jesus has just recently resurrected. And um, he's going to show himself to his boys for the third time. And I was letting the life changers know today, it's really important we understand how God sets us up to step into our identity. And so... He's about to reveal himself or show himself to his followers for the third time since his resurrection. And so they hadn't seen him for a few days. And so they're out fishing, doing what the boys like to do, fish. And they're making money to take care of their, people, you know, their families and put food on the table and provide for their household. And so Jesus comes up on them fishing and it's early in the morning and he has some fish and some bread on the fire. And he says, come on, guys, it's time to eat. He said, by the way, bring some of them fish with you when you come. He don't need the fish to cook. He's already got the fish cooking and the bread on the fire. But he wants them to bring what they've caught. Matter of fact, they believed in what they were doing, and they loved what they were doing, and they valued what they're doing. They actually counted the fish that were in the net before they got to where Jesus was, 153. So they put a number on the fish. And they was probably calculating what that was going to bring a man in town. And that amount of fish was enough that the nets were full, almost ready to break. So after breakfast, Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Peter, 
do you love me more than these? Talking about that great catch of fish. And Peter looks at the Lord and says, uh, yeah, uh, I love you more than, than fish. He said, then feed my lambs. And so he don't stop. He asked Peter the second time. And Peter said, okay, maybe he forgot he told me. Yeah, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. And then he goes the third time. This time it grieves Peter's spirit because, you know, just in my way of thinking, if I was Peter, because it wasn't just, it wasn't just days ago that I denied him three times. And the Lord's kind of reminding me. And the Lord's not doing that. The Lord's trying to get Peter's attention on something else. And Peter's grieved in his spirit, and he says, Lord, you know. And the Lord tells Peter, he says, look, right now, you can go where you want to go. You can do what you want to do, but there's coming a time, if you're going to feed my sheep, that you're not going to be able to go where you want to go and do what you want to do. They're going to decide what you can and can't do, and you're going to die for me. And Peter then looks over at John and says, all right, what about him? That was the whole point. See, Peter, really not ready yet. And the Lord looks at Peter and says, Peter, what if I will that John remains right here until I come? What's that to you? Follow me. You see, Jesus knew Peter wasn't ready yet. Peter didn't know he wasn't ready. We got to catch this, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about we got to keep the main thing the main thing. And being a witness is top tier to God because the enemy can convince us because he's so good at what he does that we'll lose our witness while we're trying to be a follower of Jesus Christ in just, just little matters. And little matters, there's multiple matters out there. A lot of circumstances where the enemy will come and pull our witness from us all while we're trying to do something for Jesus, so to speak. Is anybody tracking? Has there been any time in your walk with Jesus that you felt like your witness hadn't been where it should have been? What Jesus knows, Peter, you're, you're, I know you want to, but you're not ready. Because he hadn't yet been filled with spirit and with fire. He hadn't yet received the joy that he needed in order to be the witness God called him to be. And so he tells them shortly after that little meeting around the, the fire and eating the fish and the, and the bread there for breakfast, he tells them, I want you to hang out in Jerusalem until you be endowed with this power. Then go and be my witnesses. Well, at New Life Fellowship, the Lord keeps reminding me, don't stop keeping that in front of everybody. It's not a one-time experience. It's at experience after experience that we're changed into his image from glory to glory what's the glory we're coming into the image of our true identity in christ through be taking on the identity of christ come on galatians 4 
you become the platform by which God is able to finish his work. The kingdom of God is not leaving this earth. It's going to finish what he started. Amen. It's come and it's within you. And while all the stuff going on in our world right now, if you're not careful, if you pay too much attention to it, it will steal away. It will rob your faith and destroy your witness. Amen. So here in Galatians 5.22, it says, but, and, and I'm giving you a paragraph of what a credible witness is. Paul writes this down as he's moved on by the Holy Spirit. He says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all of its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that, in, patience that endures, kindness in action, and life full of virtue. Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Now, I just gave you an update version of what we hear in the King James Version about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. It goes through all nine of them attributes of one fruit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. Amen. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I know that passage is talking about it. When the day you die, you, you know, you're, you're out of here. You're, you're safe. But to live is Christ means to live is not Dwayne Lowe. It's Jesus Christ. When I look at the guy in the mirror, the guy in the mirror has got to be in the grave so that Jesus, my true identity as a child of God, come on, he's daddy. I got his name. I got his DNA. I got his spirit. This is his house. He's able to do what he does. And so we're already crucified. Dwayne Lowe don't have any permission no more. For everything, no, I can't do that, y'all. I'm just, I heard some, I heard some, everybody screaming, hold time out, explain that one to me. Well, you can't. Just like Peter, Lord, yeah, I love you. Peter, you sure you love me? Okay, I believe I do. Peter, do you love me? Well, you know, Lord, are anybody tracking with this? The only way that we can step into this place where we can win this battle is through the Spirit of God. As you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all at work in us, us having it our way. Anybody like to have it your way? Like to have more money in your bank account? Like to get the last word in when you have an argument? Because you know the way I look at it is right, and, and really, you really need to join with me on my opinion. Why, why is it that I need you to agree with me? Why is it that I need you to do that? What does it do for me for you to agree with me? Is this okay? I'm not preaching to nobody here today. I'm preaching to the guy in the mirror. Please understand me. The Lord, won't, he won't let me preach at nobody. Just preach at that guy in the mirror and remind them of what I'm doing in your life. Be my witness, son. Don't tell people what's wrong with them. They already know what's wrong with them. They're already looking for answers. Tell them what I'm doing in your life that's helping you get over 
the problem so you can partake of the prize. Is this helping somebody? And so the idea that you need to agree with me is messed up. You can't be more arrogant. Look, I've been one arrogant dude. I've played lawyer more than I want to talk about. And I think the way I think is the right way of thinking. But every time I get off with daddy, he says, man, what, did you, what was you doing? Why did you not include me there? That, I can't, I can't, I'm going to let you, every time you do that, you're going to come to me and have to repent again. Y'all praying for me yet? For everything connected with our self-life, when we're, when we're crucified, is put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Say that one more time. If the Spirit is the source, if the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. You don't put him on the shelf and say, I got it, Lord, I, I can handle this. Every, every relationship challenge, every time there's pain, every sickness in one's life, every financial strength, everything that you deal with in life, he wants to be right in the middle of it. Because whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's health, God wants the glory. He deserves the glory. Because at the end of this thing, what are we all going to say together? Look what the Lord has done. And so we want to reach this place where we're walking in peace regardless of the storm, regardless of the sickness, regardless of the relationship challenge. We're at peace because we know the Lord has it. And when we're walking in peace, the rest of the world is attracted to that. I can't walk in peace unless the Prince of Peace has lead in my life. And y'all, there's a bunch of stuff going on around us. What bothers you may not bother me, but I got stuff that bothers me that don't bother you. Is this true? What, what really upsets you won't upset me, but what upsets me don't bother Like, man, what in the world that bothered you for, Pastor? Who's going who's to bring us together? The Spirit is the source. Amen. And if we come together and we try to take credit because I gave the Bible study, that's why you're unified now. What has to happen now? Got to let the Spirit come in and do the teaching because I, I stepped out, out of bounds, dropped the ball like I can reveal something to someone here today. You have no need that any man or woman teach you but the Holy Spirit. And so, if you see something going on in my life that it can encourage you, you're a wise person to tell you because I'm not the one saying it. I'm experiencing life change. I'm experiencing God from one day to the next. And I'm almost 60, y'all. And, and I'm like one of the elders said in my life, I, I feel like I can help somebody finally. But still in all, it's 
the, the, the older I get, the more levels of humility come with that. The more levels of brokenness that come with that. And that is more attractive in our world than anything. So, in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and, and this will be the last scripture I read. I just know that you need to hear this one because I'm going to give you four points that will help you uh, step into, if you will listen to what the Spirit's saying, to the peace of God. Amen? And everybody wants peace. You want peace about your health. You want peace about your relationships. You want peace about the fact that you're going to be taken care of. Everybody wants peace. And so it says it in the NLT. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, I, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. One. These are your four points. Grow to maturity. Number two. Three. Encourage each other. Number three. And number four, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Peace will be with you if you'll do these four things. Paul writes that, and I believe, I believe that's the Lord speaking through Paul. Writing through Paul. I, I wrote down the, the, the Passion Translation. It says it this way. Finally, beloved friends, be cheerful. Repair whatever is broken this is, what it called, this is what's called maturity in the original Hebrew. Repair whatever is broken among you. Maturity. As your hearts are being knit together in perfect unity. Come on, that's encouragement. And then live continually in peace. And God, the source of love and peace, will mingle with you. And so the first thing that I want to do if I need peace in my life today, anybody want peace in your life? Choose joy. Choose joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You just can't have joy. It's to be received. It's a spiritual rendezvous between you and the source where y'all become one. Amen. And he used, you know, uh, was Jesus at peace on the boat when it was about to go down in the water? Was the other 12 at peace? Mm -mm. Logically, they were correct in what they were experiencing. Jesus wasn't logical at all. How can you do this? And some of us need to get this today because he was at peace because him and his father were one. Amen? Connected. See, what upsets me may not upset you. And so, we are challenged oftentimes with the idea, why wouldn't I choose joy? And somebody may say today, well, maybe my circumstances don't support joy. Maybe nothing in my life is really fair right now, and so... There's no possible way for me to have joy because my life is messed up. Has anybody ever said those kind of words out loud? And you've said them inside, but you haven't said them out loud yet. But you're sure thinking that. Isn't that amazing how that works? What good news? I'm not hearing good news. Pastor, when's the last time you checked the radio? There's a pandemic going on. There's social unrest. Political stuff, our climate and culture is messed up. Good news, 
What good news? Has anybody thought on that lens lately? And so I want you to be encouraged today. Remember, don't forget this, that the moment I think that someone owes me something is the moment I go to jail. Well, you're thinking, why, why, why would you go to jail? Because somebody owes you something. Now, logically, it looks like they owe me. They need to pay up, regardless if it's an offense or what. If it's money or if it's they, they spoke against me or they hurt my feelings, they slapped me, and I wouldn't want to turn the other cheek. Anybody feel me right now? Why would I go to jail? It's simply because I made the person that offended me, that I feel owes me, my source. You have heard us say it. I'm not okay and it's your fault. And as soon as you change, I'll have a better day. Y'all have heard that before. Have, and and I, I, I'm pretty sure that 100% in this room has experienced that. And do you ever wonder why there's Frustration in your life, anxiety, fear, guilt, shame, doubt. I mean, the list goes on. Sorrow, sickness. I mean, it just keeps going on. That's what happens in jail. It's when you come out of jail that you get delivered into this life of freedom in Christ so that you can build healthy relationships. In jail, you're stuck there. Beat up because you think someone owes you. And you've made them your source. As soon as they pay up, I'll be happy. And you've thought that. I've thought that before, man. As soon as they, as soon as they get this right with me, I'm going to have a good day. But if they don't make it right, I'm going to go to sleep with it and turn and toss and be frustrated. And all the while, here I am, blood-bought, already been purchased, and I'm rejecting Jesus. Because I believe you're my source. And I forgot that when stuff happens, and there's a lot of stuff going on, y'all, everything that happens, whether it's an offense, accusation, the list goes on, all those things are opportunities to see how Jesus responds. Everything that you don't like about what's going on in your little world right now, that you've got a Bible study to back up your frustration I got the book on you, attitude. I deserve to be mad right now. You're missing the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's trying to reveal. He, he, he's okay with Peter being upset and screaming at him in the boat. He's okay with Peter denying him three times because it's going to work out something powerful. Peter's going to have a lot of mercy on the next person that rejects Jesus and denies him. Isn't this wonderful? If we ever find out, amen, how Jesus responds in the fire, we'll jump in the fire every time we see one. Amen? So, I'm at 3 o'clock this morning, and my precious wife walks in while I'm trying to, I've got this, he woke me up with this, because I like to use myself as a personal example. i got all kind of good examples about what I'm talking about today. And so I was just kind of musing over one of the many examples that would encourage you. And he brought me to a story 
an impact in my life that he says, they need to hear that, son. And I couldn't remember the missionary's name. But I can, I'm, there, I'm there while she's talking. I'm experiencing it again. And Tammy comes in at the right time. I said, you remember? And she looked at me. She said, oh, you're talking about um, the Wendells. Bobby Wendell. Oh, that's it. Thank you, honey. And then she left. And I typed in Wendell, Bobby Wendell's name, and it goes straight to her. And she wrote that story down. And here I am. I'm boo-hooing, crying, and I'm reliving it. It's one thing to read it and it impacts you. It's another thing to be there when she's telling the story and what it does to a teenager. And Grandma's already impacted my life. And here Bobby Wendell comes in and she gives me the story. Her and her husband get this call to go to Ethiopia. And they're excited about it. They're young. We're going to be missionaries. That sounds good, don't it? Everybody say, well, man, for some of you anyway. And so he goes over first to get everything ready, as he should. When he gets over there, he recognizes a certain group of people. And he gets drawn to them, and the Spirit starts saying, this is where I'm going to start my revival, is right here with this group of people. And so his heart gets knit with that group of people. And guess what group of people that is? Lepers. Well, Bobby don't know this. So when she arrives, he's got house ready and everything, and he says, I want to introduce you to, to where this miracle's going to begin, honey. And so he drives her over to this place where people are living in dugout holes in the ground. Just place, you know, it's cardboard boxes. And, and uh, he parks the car. He says, wait here, honey, I'll go. I'll be right back. He goes over this little hill, this little knoll, and he starts gathering them. They started coming. They're coming over that hill. And she wasn't prepared for what she was about to see. <laughs> she was offended. Too. And she didn't know that what was going on in her life was really there like it was. And uh, they're coming up, and she rolls down the window, and he's wanting to introduce them, and he's so excited about them. And she can't handle it. And she rolls the window up and says, I got to go, I got to go. And so he gets in the car after he graciously sends them back, and she says, I can't do this. He said, honey, this is where the Lord called us. This is, where, this is where we're going to see God's call on life manifest. And I'm talking about that's turned into a one of those situations where she's like the disciples screaming at Jesus. This is not what I signed up for when I became a believer. But because of his passion, she hung out and, and worked on it. And she would go with him to where he would, he would serve them. And uh, one day he brought home one of the lepers to help her in the house. And she said, no, nah, not in my house. And he said, that's okay. Here's the keys. You can take her back. I just wonder if you're going to be bypassing Calvary on the way. I don't know if he should have said that necessarily, but 
It probably cost him dearly there for a moment. <laughs> she didn't take the keys. She grabbed her shawl that she had made, been made for her in Louisiana by some friends. She grabbed her shawl, a little like a blanket type setting, and she goes to that leper colony. And she takes that shawl and she puts it on the ground. And she said that leper colony had a stench about it that you couldn't clean. It wasn't no soap. There was no cleaners. It just made it worse. She puts that shawl down there and she gets on her knees. She says, Lord, you're going to have to break me. I can't do this. And she wasn't hearing nothing. She was on her knees and and, and then she got really serious. She said, you've got to help me. I can't do this. And the Lord says, you really want to follow me in this? Then move the shawl out of the way. Push it out of the way. And she moved the shawl out of the way. Because it's in the ground. Everything is that's where that's, it's right there where it's happening. He says, now get down lower. And she gets down lower. He says, lower. And she gets all the way down close to the ground. He says, how much lower? Until there's no lower left. Now, she hadn't got what she needed yet, but she's serious. I got a break. And she sprawled out on that. And she stayed there. And she didn't move. She kept her heart open. And God moved on her and moved until a transformation began to happen. And she was totally changed. And joy came into her spirit. First thing you do is you get joy. That's the first thing you do. I don't care what it is that you're faced with, whatever relationship issue, sickness issue, financial issue, and the list goes on. Before you face it, you get joy. And when you get joy... Now you can get mature, which is you go repair what's broken. Okay, Pastor, what did she do next? She gets up, and there at that leper colony at the entrance highway stands a man that's always there having people come in there. He's the guard, and he's a leper. But she'd never seen his hands before because he didn't want her to see his hands. He was embarrassed for her to see his hands. So she, when she come in, he always had his hands behind him. She says, it's time to repair what's broken. And she goes up to him. She says, let me see your hands. I mean, she's in the spirit now. It's out of her. No fear, no frustration, no worry, joy. Joy is bubbling out of her spirit. She says, show me your hands. Put those hands out there. She grabs them. She pulls him in close. She's fixing something. The next thing, when you get joy, you get mature and you fix, or you repair what needs to be that's broken, then you encourage. And she stood there in the spirit holding those hands. Until out of her came prophetic utterances. Come on, that's what prophecy does, it encourages. She starts speaking identity into him. And she starts declaring what the Lord's putting in her heart for him. And all of a sudden, she starts seeing him 
as God's treasure. And what was it between them two? Starts happening. There's peace between them two. And revival broke out. What was broken was repaired. What was lost was found. And where there was no peace, the Prince of Peace showed up. And they started getting healed. Filled with the Spirit. And here we are in America, fussing over sickness and disease, finances, politics, culture is eating vision up. And our greatest opportunity as believers in Christ is when the world messed up like it is, instead of talking about it from a logical level, Go find a closet, get broke until joy comes, and make a difference. We're talking about credible witnesses today, aren't we? We're talking about keep the main thing the main thing. Well, what would be the main thing for me today is if I'm frustrated and I'm full of anxiety, I'm in jail because I've let an offense in my life Lord over me. I've let that offense, amen, make somebody that I'm offended with my source. And they can't be that. Jesus is my source. And the person I'm offended with needs me to get some joy so I can release them. And the moment I release them, I get released. The moment I let that go, I get let go. And on the ground in a leper colony, Bobby Wendell gets freed and joy comes in. And when joy came in, it didn't bother her no more. She began to hug and kiss on those lepers and treat them like daddy's kids that they are. You know how powerful you are? The enemy's told you you're not powerful. The failure yesterday has brought so much guilt and shame on you. You doubt that the Lord will ever use you. And the enemy is good at what he does, isn't he? But did you know that you can actually ask the Lord to break you today? He's the potter. We're the clay. You can ask him. If you don't ask, you can't have it. If you don't seek it, you ain't going to find it. If you will knock, it'll open. The only thing... That is required of us is to ask, seek, and knock. He didn't ask nothing else from us. And so you ask, and he'll meet you at the ask. You don't need a bigger bank account. You need something else. You don't need a honeymoon in your marriage. You need something else, and the honeymoon will follow. You don't need people to respect you. You need something else. And the respect to follow. It's okay. Keeping the main thing, the main thing, where's your joy level at? Can we do a joy level 
evaluation today? I think that's where you're going to find out why you don't have any peace. You're going to find out why relationships aren't coming together. Because you have the power to fix what's broken or to repair what's broken. And if you can't repair what's broken, you certainly are not going to encourage anybody, are you? I'm not preaching that. I'm talking about the guy I had to look at in the mirror that likes protocols and likes plans of action. He likes things done with logic and order. That guy has to die daily. Or I can't hear from heaven, y'all. Now, the only protocol he's wanting me to focus on is keep the main thing the main thing. Where's your joy at? And he won't leave me alone, y'all. He says he's taking this body to a new level of joy so that we can step into the vision we say we believe and be his representatives. But he's setting a dynamic in the room right now where you have a place of safety that you can pause for a moment and say, Lord, break me. And it, don't matter, it really don't matter how long it takes. Lord, I'm here until you get done with what you need to get done with in me. Because when I get up, I need you to take lead, take charge. Anybody agree with that? Is Daddy, is daddy impressed in your spirit? Because we all made a light. We got the same DNA. Right? God put us together, and he didn't make no junk. And everybody in this room is important to him. Valued. He chose the human race. The human race. The human race. As to be his house. Mm. What are we going to do about it? Amen. Does anybody need respect today? Does anybody deserve anything? Ain't nobody raising your hand right now. We don't, we, 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 we don't, do we? We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Our culture is eating vision up. And the only way I can be set free, just like he told Peter, Peter, you're going, you always wonder, why is John getting a better deal than me? As long as you're still thinking about John Doe or Jane Doe getting more benefits than you, you missed the point. Keep the main thing the main thing. We're our daddy's witness and whatever assignment he has you on, that means he values you on a level to use you so he can be glorified and you can join with him in his glory. But Lord, you're going to have to break me because I ain't used to a leper colony. I just wonder, just, just saying, if physical leprosy is that real, how real is spiritual leprosy? Why does people offend you so easily? I know they got leprosy. That's the problem. And you ain't looked in the mirror lately then, have you? Because I'm telling you what daddy tells me. He said, all them, 
all them ones that keep coming to this building that I have you encouraging, he said, I'm the one drawing them. That's my babies. That's my treasure. And there's been times I looked at some of his babies and wondered, can they make it? I go back to the mirror. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I got some leprosy you need to get off of me. And you know, he meets me with honesty and tells the truth about what I'm feeling. And he breaks me. But not without me asking. And it's time for the church in America to ask. Break me. Break me. Transform me until I can love like you love. And I can touch them like you touch them. And I can breathe upon them like you breathe upon them. And I can forgive them like you forgive them. Keep the main thing. The main thing. Does anybody want to check your joy level out today? Look, guest, it's so good to have you. Thank you for being here today. But at New Life Fellowship, we understand we need more of Jesus. And we haven't arrived yet on the level he wants us to arrive at. We're on a journey. So if you want to hang out with us a little bit, you're welcome to do so. But if you need to leave, you're welcome to go. And thank you for coming. And come back again, please. But we're going to spend some time checking our joy level out and see where we're at today. And Lord, I just feel good about him transforming many of us before we leave today. Amen. Thank you, Father. Could we stand? And for you that want to come forward and find a place where you and Jesus can get prostrate, that you can, if you want to do that, you can stand, you can sit, whatever you feel. Just let the Lord come to his temple. And let the transformation happen today. Amen. Just us and Daddy. (sighs) Thank you for your presence, Daddy. Thank you for meeting us right here where we are. Thank you, Daddy, for letting us feel you on the level we feel you right now. Fill us up, Lord. Change us in Jesus' name.